from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition a day after the Bengals fall on the road to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chris Rankel. And as always, it's presented by Blake, the attorney Maislin. Weird game. Uh, I don't know that I was expecting that. I thought the Steelers were going to play the Bengals close because they always do. This is an AFC North game. I know the players said all week, hey, just because they've lost a few and we've won a few doesn't mean anything. It's going to be a knockdown drag out. Steelers knocked him down and they never got back up. No, I mean, the, the, the pass to George Pickens felt like it took the sales out. Mike Hilton said that. And, and in theory, you don't believe that, right? It's the first early play in the game. And they did respond with the next drive. And Jake Browning took him down the field. And then all of a sudden, Jake Browning throws the interception in the end zone when he's looking to throw the ball away. And so, um, yeah, to your point, it was really weird because of that. And then, you know, at 21 nothing, right, you got a chance to get back into it. And the fourth and inches call to throw a pass as opposed to run it. I wrote a column after the game that basically, and, and I, you know, I can tell you when I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong on this one. You know, the physicality of the AFC North has just bothered them this year, especially. 0-5 against the North. The North teams are averaging 163 yards per game rushing. You're averaging 72 yards per game rushing. And I lump Tennessee into that mix because Tennessee plays a North style, right? Derrick Henry, physicality, run the ball. They're 0-6 in those games if you include Tennessee. They're 8-1 otherwise. You tell me what works and what doesn't work. And maybe moving forward, I know Zach Taylor has talked about um, – wanting to do things differently and wanting to be more finesse because everybody else is physical. Well, maybe, you know what, maybe you need to be physical. I get you want to be finesse with Joe Burrow, but maybe you need to be more physical in the trenches. Maybe you need to figure out a way to go under center and run it more because this year magnified that the way you're doing it right now isn't working an ounce. I thought you brought it up and I was going to bring it up myself. It seemed like the Steelers just punched them. When I say punch them in the mouth, it was dominating up front on the offensive line, dominating on the defensive line. It's like they were blowing them off the ball. They out-physicaled the Bengals, which Big is not time. something you would think at this point in the season. Teams should be used to – it's the NFL. You can't not physical a team and expect to win. What is the answer and what's the most concerning thing you saw coming out of this game? The fact, again, against in a, in a key game, you couldn't stop the run. And, again, you look and, and you go, well, 30 for 118, that's not bad. It's 3.8 yards per. But there were plenty of times you saw the pile move. You saw guys get moved out of the way. And so in the macro, the 30 for 118, it's not awful. It's not a horrible performance. The other part is, though, if you're stopping and they were selling out to stop the run at points, Guess what? Then you're giving up big pass plays. It's happened all year long. The George Pickens slant, the initial one was fluky. It just was it, like two guys collide, guy goes for a touchdown. But then George beats Cheeto over the top, um, beats Cheeto over the top again for two catches for 110 yards, one of those a touchdown. And so at that point, you're trying to sell out to stop the run, and now you can't cover down the field. And I think you're at a quandary where you better look at this roster in the offseason and go, what can we do to be more physical up front and be better on the back end? And maybe the back end is just experience, because let's not forget Cam Taylor, Britt's out. Cheeto still it just doesn't look right. I hate to say it, Chris, it stinks, because I think he's a pro's pro. He talked to us after the game, and it almost seemed like he was inviting us to talk to him after the game, because I, I think he realizes he's tried, and he just has not come back from that knee injury like you hoped. And so... For, for a guy like that who just, he does everything right. And at the, at the same time, physically, you can't do what you want to do because your need just doesn't give you what you want. Um, it's sad to watch those kind of things. And so, yeah, you, you've got a lot of roster looking at to do in the, this offseason, and, and, and they have to do that big time. 
Let's talk more about that secondary because, of course, yeah. you're going to see the highlights of George Pickens. I think the Steelers finally realized that George Pickens can do what he did because all of a sudden he they talked, used they he used talked him about it. He talked about it, right? It's like, hey, this guy might be open all the time. Let's try throwing to him, and good things happen. Amazing it took him this long to figure all that out. But the secondary, obviously, it's an incomplete thing with Cam Taylor Britt being right. on the sideline, right. and, and the Steelers took advantage of that. But you already said a little bit about Cheeto. With DJ Turner out there, it seems like he's getting his legs underneath sure. him a little bit. He's still, I think, a little – he'll give up one or two bad plays, but he is still a rookie. Where's the secondary at right now and without Cam Taylor Britt? Now going against Patrick Mahomes next week, where are they at and how can they get better fast? They can't get better fast. It's going to have to take an offseason. That's what stinks. I mean, listen, this is, goes back to you can't pay everybody. I know everybody wants to go, well, you should have signed you know, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. You couldn't. You just couldn't. Jesse Bates was off the marketplace financially. Vaughn got second-year guaranteed money, which they were not going to pay. And we can all argue the point of should they pay the guaranteed money. Okay, you can. I'll sit with you with a beer and have that argument if you'd like. But I get why they didn't do it. So, no, in, in, in the current status, I'm not sure what they can do to get better. They've tried to mix and match. Jordan Battle on rundowns. Nick Scott on pass downs. You know, Dax took a terrible route on the George Pickens play. As much as it was... DJ Turner's fault, he got beat on the slant. It was Dax's fault to take a crazy angle. Those two collide, and off George Pickens goes for a touchdown. So it is just growing pains. I know nobody wants to hear that, but you're starting a rookie corner, a corner off an ACL. You know, Mike Hilton is great as a slot guy, but he's not a main cover guy on the outside. A rookie safety, and then they're mixing and matching a rookie safety and a guy who started one year in the league in Nick Scott. His only starting experience basically was the Super Bowl run and then last year. That's it. And so you've tried to mix and match if you're Luana Ruma. I'm not making excuses for him. Um, you know, they have to coach those guys up. But to the point of they're just young and they're going to make mistakes. And in key games, those mistakes get so magnified. And we saw that literally on the first play last night. The defensive line without D.J. Reader, this was their first test, and a big one at that because the Steelers obviously were running downhill. Najee Harris, as much as he is not as spectacular as I thought we thought he would be coming into the league, he's still a low to come down, yeah. very physical. How do you think they did? I thought at times they did okay, and, and at times they got blown off. The yeah, ball. and that's the weird part. Again, in, in the, in the, when you look at the numbers, you go 34-18, 3.8 per in the league. I'll take that every day of the week, 3.8 per. But then you look at times where the, you know, guys just, remember, you remember that, that run, I think it was Najee in the first meeting where they tackled him at like the 10 and the whole pile moved for 22 yards. It looked like an old school uh, rugby scrum. There were a couple times last night where it looked the same. There were a couple times last night where you, you, there were guys that covered the team with me that literally gasped a couple times, and I did too, like, oh my gosh, they just got blown so far back off the football. Um, and so, yes, DJ Reader not being there was a factor. Um, but you look at the macro, 34-18, that, well, that, that didn't get them beat. Big plays, Jake Browning interceptions, and, I, and it got them beat to some degree. And the physicality on your offensive line where you can't run it an ounce against North the opponents, that's what cost you big time. I think head coaches and quarterbacks always get too much credit when things are going well and too much blame when sure. things are not going well. Jake Browning obviously had a bad game. He's still on the other side, did throw over for 300 yards against a very good Steelers defense, even though they were down a few guys. <laughs> I, I thought maybe the Steelers just have his number. Maybe it was bound to come back down. He... I don't know. I'm going to be the optimist here and say that he also, when they were trying to come back in that game, that was because <laughs> of him. And this was an offense that... Moved the ball pretty well against the Steelers yeah, at times. Yeah, I mean, again, part of that was an 80-yard touchdown pass. Right. But for the most part, right. I thought he did. He, he did a lot of good things. He continues to do a lot of good things. And if you look at the interceptions in the individual, 
the one he tried to throw away, and I'm still trying to figure out where he was trying to throw it away. He said right. in the back of the end zone, but he didn't come close. He should have thrown it away <laughs> to the sideways of the end zone. Uh, the second one was a bad play. He tried to force the ball into traffic. Quarterbacks do those kind of things. The third one, Alonzo Highsmith, literally, I was watching him in my uh, field glasses, my binoculars, and I watched him at the line of scrimmage, and then I dropped my binocs, and I wasn't even paying attention at that point. Suddenly, he's downfield making an interception in the middle of the field. I went, oh, that's a good disguise. That was well done. What an athlete that was. So the third one I can forgive. The second one was terrible. The first one was just weird because he should have thrown it away. Um, at the end of the day, you look up 28 for 42 for 335. If you took the picks away, it's a pretty good day's performance. And, um, yeah, some of it, again, you're also trying to rally from, you know, 21 nothing down and, and all those things. I still think the kids played way above board. I know you can look at last, last night it was not about him. He was a factor in it, right? He cost them three points at least on the pick in the end zone. He cost them seven points on the pick for that, uh, that the Tyler Boyd pick that, that they end up running the jet sweep in for a touchdown. So he cost them ten points. But at the end of the day, all right, I'll take ten points off one, give ten points to the other, and it's still 24-21 Steelers. I mean, even Tom Brady threw interceptions sometimes yes. and had bad games, but the rest of his team was able to rally and overcome it. Yes, you're allowed to, to be, do that, by the way. To be fair, I don't know that the Bengals are in that position. They have to get pretty good quarterback play in order to beat teams. Uh, no Jamar Chase in this. And it just seemed like the offense outside of T. Higgins, a couple catches, they just didn't, they lacked something. It's like, like you said, the, the George Pickens touchdown took the wind out of the defensive sails. I'm not sure there was any wind in the offensive sails. Yeah, and, you know, Andre Yoshivash, I thought, had good moments. He almost yeah. made one of the great catches of all time, yeah. the one on the sideline where it was, I, I still to this moment, if you, you had to do as a Pruder film to make sure that right hand was down before the other foot was down, it was a great effort on his part. He did have a drop, which can't have those kind of things, but I thought he played well. They just couldn't run it. And I think that's kind of, again, goes back to the physicality against AFC North teams. If you don't win in the trenches, you don't win. And I know they're trying to be a finesse team. You can't be a finesse team with Jake Brown. You can maybe be that with Joe Burrow. You can't be that with Jake Brown. You just can't. And so maybe looking in the mirror in this offseason, you go, what can we do to be better to get thicker, tougher, better in the trenches on both sides of the football. This is an offensive line. We've talked about it a lot. They've invested a lot on this offensive line. To They've pass gone out. block, but to pass block, in my opinion. So can they, is the question is, can they turn that and get with the guys that they've invested, be able to be a little more physical up front and be able to establish that dominance. Yeah, I asked Brian Kelly in that three weeks ago, whatever it was after, maybe after the last Pittsburgh game where they didn't run. Of are these can these guys run block? Because you know you invested in theory, and rightfully so, to protect Joe Burrow and to protect Joe Burrow is to catch as opposed to fire out. Um, I think Alex Kappa is a good run blocker on paper. I think you know Cornell Volson is a glass eater on paper, right? He's a he's a Ted Karras. Jonah, um, Orlando Brown, but if you're if, if all you're doing is trying to catch as opposed to push, you don't get used to that when it comes time to say, hey, we got to push as opposed to catch. And this is not a Frank Pollock issue. I get what they're doing. It's protect Joe Burrow at all costs. And so you invest in guys that could catch, hold. He takes his time. He gets it out. But now maybe it's, all right, we got to invest in guys who can do both. I don't know if that's um, feasible because it's, We've seen an offensive line play across this league is just not very good, and you have to pick your poison. So to your point, your question's a great one because I don't know if they even know the answer to that, right? They invested in good guys, and they invested in draft picks, and they invested in bigger bodies, and they invested in guys to protect Joe Burrow. Can those guys run block? The proof in the pudding is not very well. How much of that is on the running backs, though? Because I know yeah. Joe Mixon has had – 
if you go by total yards, he's been good, and Chase Brown has flashed, but it just looks like Joe, and I don't mean to say that he's no. can't be a running back in this league, but he's not the same Joe Mixon he's not, that we've seen in previous years. Clearly not. He bounced one the other night last night that went for a nice game, but it was right. like in the day I thought you might have turned that up and kept on going, right. and it was a 12-yard, 13-yard game, whatever it was. It wasn't a great run. It was a good run. Um, you know, Chase Brown has shown them some things, too, but apparently not enough, or again in this game plan, just the way it worked out. Once you look up, you're down 21 nothing, and so whatever you were going to do in the running game goes to the wayside. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a fine point too, and and maybe that comes to where either you invest in free agency, maybe you still believe in Joe Mixon and bring him back. He is under contract. You can get out from under it, but he's still under contract. Or you go, all right, Chase Brown is our guy. Let's go get another guy in the draft. And let's go with young guys, young legs, fresh legs. That, this offseason is going to be so interesting. And I don't even want to jump to that point because they still are mathematically alive, very much so in the playoff race. And they got a lot of help today based on all yeah. the teams that lost. They're very much alive. Basically went out the next two games. I know that's going to be tough to do. Yeah, but, but you win still, the next two. That's more up to often you. than not, yeah, you're in. You still control your own destiny despite what happened on Saturday. But, of course, you got to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know they've had their number in the past. You're going to Arrowhead, New Year's Eve. Kansas City hasn't looked great. I know they're playing on Monday, so it's going to be a short week for them. What are the odds? Tell me something good. Well, as you remember, <laughs> last week I said they were going to win out. Well, I'm yeah. 0 for 1 in that category. Um, you know, this has been a weird league, right? It's been a weird year. Going to Jacksonville, you you would have, if you would have literally had to go bet your house on a win or a loss, you go, oh, loss. And they somehow go down there and win. They win in overtime. And Jake Browning's second start after his first start. This league's so weird. I, I, I hate to do this because I love having a take on things. As you know, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. And um, I, I think it literally comes down to, how is that day progressing from the way you game planned it to what to the way the the lead goes for a team to the deficit goes for a team and can you come back? We've seen Kansas City lay eggs this year. I I wish I could tell you. I wish I could be definitive and, and give you something. I gave you a take last week. I'm owing one and I'm not giving another one. So there we go. <laughs> I almost I brought this up with somebody else, but you know Bengals fans out there, especially my friends, are woe is me. The yep. sky's oh, falling. Yeah, Why sure. do we even play the sure. last two games? And I'm like. Come on, making the playoffs is still a huge achievement. You want to keep that winning culture Correct. around. I look at this that the Steelers, like you said before, maybe the AFC North teams are just a bad matchup for the Bengals the way they are this year. I think that the Chiefs, weirdly, are maybe a better yeah. matchup than the Steelers yes. because you're built to rush the passer, Trey Hendrickson. You, you got some other guys that can get after Mahomes. The Chiefs don't have that guy that comes across the middle that can game-break a receiver. They don't have a game-breaking run game. And their defense has been solid but not – astronomically good, I almost think that the Bengals are in better position to beat the Chiefs than they were the Steelers. And their wide receivers drop a bunch of balls on top of it. So I That mean, doesn't maybe, hurt. I mean, maybe last night, Darius Tony on the slant to George Pickens, he drops the ball as opposed to, think about the... the if the, he's onside. Yeah, the, yeah, if he's onside. <laughs> that, that's, that's step number one, because that's happened before. I mean, think about how the difference of that is. It doesn't seem like much of the time, right, guy drops a ball, so it's second and six, or third and six, back on your own ten, or whatever it is, as opposed to an 86-yard touchdown. And so, those little things, which are big things, um, can make a determination so, yeah, I, I wish I could give you that. And I think that's what it comes down to is, does Kadarius Tony drop a ball in a key spot? Does Travis Kelsey, like he did last week, drop a ball in a key spot? Does Patrick Mahomes scramble around like a crazy man and make a bad decision like he did in the AFC Championship game and throw one into double coverage? Um, I, I think there's a lot to be determined. But to your point, you've got things to play for. And I think that's all you can count on at this point after you've kind of had this season go all muck. I'm not going to ask you for another hot take because you just uh, said you I wouldn't like give me takes. one. I'm good with it. But – 
two games left. I believe in Santa Claus. That's my hot take. You believe? Oh, I do. That's a so good one. Go. We're gonna have Dwayne Pullman investigate right, that right. one. Yeah, for sure. Two games to go. Kansas City, Cleveland. What do you think? Yeah, if they win one of the two, it would be great. I mean, can, if they did win both and get in, can you imagine the momentum that would take? I think that's the key Huge. point to that is you do that and get in when you're thinking we're on the outside looking in. I know they don't talk of those things, but they know it. They know where things are. You do that, sky's the limit, and especially in a year where nobody knows what anybody's going to do on a given week. If there's a year that you want to just get in and just take your in. shot, this is it. I don't think there is a dominant team in the NFL this year. Thanks for listening and watching. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals post-game edition, presented by Blake, the Attorney Mason.